Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show, um, our roundtable show that we have every Friday at Pacific Standard Time, 8.30. We've got a a small but a powerful panel. We're going to be discussing some interesting things, and I'm sure it's going to be a lively discussion. We've got two guests, um, panellists today. We've got Marie Van Vault, the CEO of Yoast, and we've got Heather White, the co-founder of um, Rocktree. How do you pronounce Rockchair. Sorry, Alpan. And she's a unicorn whisperer. Um, I always loved that, Heather. I really <laughs> did. Um, Marie, would you like to introduce yourself quickly? Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, my name is Marieke van der Racht. Yeah, that's the Dutch version of my name. And I'm only a few weeks. I've been the CEO of Joost. I've been, um, I've been at the company for six years, I guess now. I'm the founder of our online courses platform, Yoast Academy. I do a lot of marketing, research, growth, branding. Yes, that's that's about it, I guess. Yeah. Just just a busy lady in general. Yes. Heather, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? First I want to congratulate Marike on becoming the CEO of Yoast because you. you're in a very small club of female CEOs. So yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I am uh, Heather Wild, uh, CTO and co-founder of Rocketeer. Uh, I work with uh, companies uh, around the world to uh, grow their uh, grow their tech infrastructure. And I was also one of the uh, founding employees of Evernote, uh, which a lot of people use. Uh, <laughs> so they uh, they're really happy uh, to hear that about me. And um, I. That's why I'm the unicorn whisperer. I help companies to uh, get that unicorn status. And I also help uh, people find the unicorn inside themselves. So. Okay. I, I, could, I was going to ask you where you think mine is, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, well, I remember the first time we talked, I helped you to find that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was right. Uh, um, and I've got my old friend and regular panelist, John Locke. Would you like to introduce yourself, John? Yep. I'm John Locke. Um, and I run a business called Lockdown Design and SEO, where we help uh, manufacturing and industrial companies uh, get more requests for quotes. Right, that's great. So we're going to go into story one, and that's Yoast CEO responds to Yoastcon Twitter controversy calls for change in the SEO industry. And that was on the tavern, and you also wrote uh, a considerable post on your own website, Marie. Um, on reflection, um, I, was, I was wondering how to start this conversation with you, but do you, do you actually think um, that the culture of SEO compared to WordPress is very different? And do you also think there's got to be some fundamental change in the SEO culture? I do think the culture and so so what I see of it, the, I, I go to WordPress events much more often than I go to SEO events. So I, I'm not the best person to ask this, but what I know of it, the WordPress environment is 
really, really friendly. And that doesn't mean that nothing goes wrong there. Yeah. But, um, but I, I think that that environment is much more inviting to people than lots of other environments. So the problems that have been discussed aren't just in the SEO industry, I guess. There are in a lot of industries in which I think there are um, the majority of the participants is male. So you, you saw it in the Formula, Formula One, the, the racing with the cars. You have those, those promotional models as well. Um, we see them at motorcycle events as well. In the SEO industry, you had them as well. So I, I, think, I think the WordPress community is just very special and um, maybe evolved a bit further than other parts of our world. Yeah, I, I, I see it as a kind of um, on the human, um, human right level, really, uh, Marie. I, I think any individual, no matter what of their sex, gender, religion or race, have the right to go to do their business to do their employment or their business without being harassed or mm -hmm. bothered. Um, um, and that's how I try and treat people because I don't appreciate people bothering me when I'm just doing my, my employment or my business. Uh, um, and in, 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 in a WordCamp there, you have the code of conduct, which explicitly states that we want to do it that way. And, and I, I never saw a code of contact in any other event other than WordCamps and Yoscon, in, in which we, we, we also had like a code of conduct, which explicitly states that you do not want to have that kinds of behavior in a conference. I don't know. Maybe other conferences have the same, but I think that's a good thing. We have that in, in our WordPress ecosystem. Now, um, you know, I want to respect our time and I want to respect you, but for our listeners and viewers, um, I am going to ask you some difficult questions. Yeah, um, I do. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, your, your, one of your um, husband's major critics, um, David Cohen, came on the show last week and his position about his main beef with your husband is you know about some of his content some of his behavior but his main criticism and i'm only interpreting this and i'm sure david will put me right if i get this incorrect is that your husband supports individuals through business that he knows and he also applies this to Rand Fishkin, that both your your husband and Rand support individuals in the SEO industry that are known to be uh, engaged in behaviour and have a, in, in a consistent pattern over the years engaged in behaviour, which any reasonable person would see as being outrageous. Mm -hmm. And your husband and Rand promote <coughs> um, to, to promote women and to have an exclusive environment. Yet they they keep supporting these individuals. What would be your response to that? I think it's a really hard question. I 
I I think it's a it's too vague for me to say, so I don't know which persons he is referring to. I know I know that my husband is um, our company is really active in the WordPress industry. Of course, Joost also talks, and Jono are are my other colleagues talk at certain SEO events, but we don't do that really often, and we. Well, we have some, um, it's, it's a really hard question because it's so vague. Well, obviously. So what I can say is that as a company, we are very much in favor of diversity and it's something we stand for and try to execute as much as possible. And well, I, I think the other question you should be, should ask directly at my husband. So, and and then I have to know which persons are that that he is supporting. I guess. Well, the individual that run the conference where the videos have been recorded has um, this. Let's try and put this diplomatically. Has a certain reputation, mm-hmm. um, which some people would say isn't that great. So, um, and uh, <laughs> um, I'm just going to leave it at that for obviously I, I don't want to. I, I understand that. I, I know that person. And I think he's, he's, in, well, he's always been respectful to me as a, as a woman. So that's all I can say about that. I have a hard time talking about people who aren't here. <laughs> so maybe we should have the discussion with them themselves. and. Yeah. So what I think is for us was really hurtful that most of the allegations came to our company and not to well came to our company and to to the conference we are we were we were hosting at that point of time and um, although I think that um, David Cohen and, and other people because there were more of them they they came up with a good point namely there is a problem with how women are treated in the SEO industry and in the world as a whole it wasn't clear to me and it isn't clear to me as of today why Yoastcom was the event to promote that because we have a very female friendly environment there and I was actually quite outspoken and our company was quite outspoken in favor of of female rights and gender diversity this year so that felt really hurtful to be well to be attacked and something you you wanted to do as as right as possible and um well i can look into um our support of people who do not think the same way about female as we do, but I'd like to take a look at their actions today and not their actions 10 years ago. I think that's the best way to go yeah. from here and support everybody who wants to change their behavior. Yep. Heather, um, you know, what do you think? Do you, uh, you know, you're a strong lady. Um, have you been, you know, have you felt bothered? You know, you go to a lot of conferences. Do you think... Have you experienced anything that you didn't appreciate? Uh, um, And I'm sure you put them right pretty quick. Uh, (laughs) So there's there's two sides of this. So um, part, I mean, it is a very difficult 
thing to navigate for women and men right now. And um, uh, like I have a, a column in Inc. Magazine where I've been writing about this fairly frequently, um, trying to, to be as neutral as possible to help people kind of understand it from both sides. Um, um, like I, in, in one of my previous careers, I was a game designer and there aren't very many female game designers. But one of the, the first, uh, one of the first things of this whole diversity scandal thing was Gamergate, uh, which happened uh, a few years ago. And that was at South by Southwest, uh, a f- like a female game designer really got called out for like, I mean, it was, it was really, uh, she, w- she was harassed tremendously. Um, I never experienced any of that. And that's kind of the case. Like there's some women that are harassed and, and experience all of that. And there's others that aren't. And when I was a female game designer, had super supportive guys around me. And I was the only girl. I was. And like I was, uh, for years, I was the only girl on the team. Guys treated me awesome. I was, and if I had been treated terribly, I'm sure I would have left the tech industry. But because I had an amazing supportive team and no bad experiences, I've been in tech for 25 years. Now, as a conference speaker, again, uh, like as a speaker, I've, I've been at conferences, many conferences with codes of conduct, and I've never been treated poorly. Now, as an attendee, like when I, when I had to be a, like when I've had to be like a sponsor, like at booths and things like that, people have treated me kind of like a piece of meat sometimes. Like people come up to you and they, they, they think they have a right to you. And because you're a woman, and I've seen them do this to men too. Like I've, I've seen women come up and, and sometimes guys too. Like if, if you are there on offer, they, they think that they can, I've had key cards slipped in my back pocket to, because you're in a hotel together. Um, so conferences, for some reason, people think that it's okay to, to break patterns. But as a speaker, I've generally, like, there's kind of like an, another level where you're not, like, people don't want to, people know that's okay, stay away. Um, I've never been attacked uh, verbally or made to feel less than um, as a speaker. But as a sponsor, absolutely, like, people will attack you. Um, and I don't know why that is. I have, I, I don't know. Um, and now I'm like, I'm running my own conference and, uh, there's people that are like, oh, this is amazing. And other people are like, why on earth are you doing that? So like, I, I completely feel, <laughs> that, uh, I, I completely uh, sympathize with, uh, with you, Meg. I, I, I don't understand why. I, mean, I think if you get to a certain level, there's a thing uh, in Australia, they call it tall poppy syndrome, that if you get a little bit above over, uh, people, they want to cut you down. And uh, we don't have that in America, but I think there's a little bit of that in other people. So. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't have, it's not a male or a female thing. Um, it's, it's a power differential thing. Yeah, that's the uh, main thing I'm getting from your remark is you, you seem to be saying it's a power dynamic, really. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if people feel that they have any power 
Like if, if they feel that they can take power over you, whether they are a man and you are a woman, whether they are a boss and you are a subordinate, whether they, you are, a, they are a client and you are a vendor, then they will take that power. What do you think, John? What Heather just said is very eloquently uh, sums up and leads into something that's been weighing heavily on my mind ever since all this started. And like you said, Heather, where there is a power differentials, people are scared uh, to come out and, and people try and take advantage. Um, statistically, probably every single one of us that, that's you know, either here or listening or will watch this in the future knows somebody that's either been harassed or assaulted or, you know, worse. And though I know that the way that these, this group of people, these renegades went about this is probably the wrong way. I do think that there are some questions um, that need to be addressed, not only in marketing or SEO or WordPress, but as a society. And that really is when there are um, things that happen, like uh, the, the, the conference organizer at, at Learn Inbound, um, there is an incident with a guy who kept harassing women at that conference, and they wrote about it very recently. How do, how do women uh, come forward? and not be scared that they're going to be blackballed from their career or have repercussions from uh, their work or their peers? How do men be supportive of the women that come forward? And how do men put other men in check and say like, hey man, stop that. Like, don't do that. Or, you know, what do, how do we take action against our colleagues? Or how do we do what's right? And, and that question is both for Marika and Heather. All right. What do you think, Marika? Yeah, I think, so, so we had an incident, I think, not on this Yoscom, but Yoscom before, in which one of my colleagues was harassed. And I think and we, we got the guy to leave. So... I think we just have to look for each other, look out for each other and see what, what is happening and not close your eyes for someone and take, take someone seriously, even, even if it's like little, because harassment can be that someone is dancing too close to you and you don't like that. And you should be able to, to say that. And if someone does not listen, then that's enough. And I think for every conference, making a code of conduct is a good thing and making sure that everybody knows the code of conduct and, and what behavior you would like. And maybe tell each other that regularly, what you expect and how, to, how you expect each other to, to behave. Even within an after party, when everything gets a little bit more loose, then everybody should be able to feel safe. And that's hard because sometimes it's not always clear when someone is fed up with something, I guess. So we should talk about that a lot and take each other seriously. 
I just got one um, final question to you um, <clears throat> before we go on to the other stories. Um, obviously, your husband has been made head of mar- you know um, volunteered and has been made head of marketing, and um, Matt Marinwig has kind of stated that your husband's going to be made the kind of a bit the kind of public face of WordPress. Um, you know, with this with this storm. Uh, I do question your husband's judgments a little bit, to be truthful about it. Um, but obviously, you're going to defend your husband because you you know you love him and um, you're head of a company which he built up. But um, I've got to be honest with you. Also, a, a few eyes was kind of um, surprised by the way he was appointed, you know. As were we. Um, As were we. You know, there's been a lot of controversial um, statements and around how WordPress is managed, especially because it's supposed to be an open source project. And the way your husband was announced really um, aggravated that saw a little bit more. And also the previous individual who was the head of marketing, the way she was treated and wasn't, and wasn't notified at all. Um, can you see why I'm asking this question? Yes. So um, I'm hoping, and I, and I can't really say anything out of scope, but I hope that there will be more leads or heads like Joost has been appointed to in the future. So that's the way I'm hoping this project will evolve. He shouldn't be the only non-automatician there in, in the head of, of the game. So I'm really hoping that there will become more of these lead figures that will uh, be either appointed or stand up. I'm also... I'm also curious to see how the governance project will lead. As of the other person, with Bridget, who was the head of marketing before, um, this is very unfortunate. So um, Joost was asked by Matt Mullerweg, and it wasn't quite clear what his title was going to be. And um, the minute that Matt announced Joost is going to be lead marketing and, and communication. We all, he already said you have to talk to this about about Bridget to talk about Bridget about this to Bridget about this. Sorry, Dutch. Um, um, and at the minute he 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 posted that post, we were all asleep then because people sleep at a different time in in the Netherlands. Yeah, and uh, and it was out there, and it's really really unfortunate. And I think it wasn't Joost's place to talk to Bridget. I think it was Matt's place to have talked to Bridget as he chose Joost to do that. And um, Bridget is a friend of ours, so it felt really really awkward and and weird. And she did not deserve in any way to be treated like this. So I can understand why people think, especially in light of what, what recently happened, that Joost might be not be the best person. But if you look at his track record in the last 10 years, what he did for the project and the force of nature he is in what he can do, Joost is not much of a talker. We need Josefa to do that 
part, but he's a doer and he, he can do, I think he can do a lot in order to get that project up and running. He's already started and I, I strongly believe that his enthusiasm, enthusiasm and also his power to get this project forward will, will actually pay off. So he's, he's been appointed because he and our company, pretty much 10 to 20% of our time and resources go back into WordPress. And that's why Matt chose him in that position. Very unfortunate because somebody already was there. But I, I, I don't really see what, what Joost was to blame there other than maybe he could have said to Matt even more strongly, you can't do this if Bridget still is there. And I, I, I really hope, because I, I think that is the way to go, that more non-automaticians will get in such leading positions in, in the WordPress community. And maybe that's not the, the way the, the community wants it to grow, but maybe it's a way that we can grow and, and, and evolve even a bit further. So that's what I think about it. And we'll have to wait and see how this will evolve. I think, thank you for that answer. Um, hope maybe your husband will agree to come on the show and we'll have you a... I will. <laughs> and, um, see what his, what his plans are for WordPress in general um, and how he sees it going forward. We're going to go for our break, folks, and we've got some great other stories to discuss. But before we go for the break, I want to really talk about one of our great sponsors, and that is um, WP Fusion. And what does WP Fusion do? Well, in your technology stack, you should obviously have WordPress, but you should also have a CRM like Active Campaign or Drip. Or there's a host of them. There's over 40 of them. 40 of them that WP Fusion will work with. And what it enables is it puts your WordPress and your CRM, they can communicate with WP Fusion and, and a lot more easier. And it's amazing the um, automization, marketing automizations you can do um, with the help of WP Fusion, especially if you've got an e-commerce site or membership site. Um, so go to WP Fusion and see what they got. You're going to be blown away. And they're giving us an exclusive offer. If you use the coupon code WPFusion, you will get 25% off any of their packages. And that's only offered to the WP Tonic listeners and viewers. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had a powerful and straightforward discussion, but I think it's been respectful as well. Hopefully it has. Um, On to another interesting story. Zuckerberg to beat UK minister after damning digital gangsters report. So Facebook did not had the greatest uh, year, and now that now they're classified as 
digital gangsters. What do you think, Heather? Uh, well, I, 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 some people definitely would call Facebook a cancer. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, no, you said gangsters. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're gangsters too. Um, so, so basically the gist of this report is that um, the thing that I found most interesting about it is that Facebook is has been taking um, people's profiles and marrying them up with third-party data without people's knowledge. So the the things that that Facebook knows about you that you have declared that you've told Facebook, they've been in the background um, talking to Google and talking to Amazon and talking to other people as well and creating a more complete profile of you with third-party data. And under GDPR, that's not allowed anymore. Um, so, but Facebook has still been doing it. Uh, and, uh, the EU is like, uh, guys, you're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> and Facebook's like, uh, but that's her entire business. So, um, so they may be the first people that get the $20 million GDPR fine. Um, it's changed really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they don't care. Um, so we've been, we've just been waiting kind of with bated breath as to who gets the first GDPR fine. And um, it's not going to be from somebody that screwed up their email list. It's going to be for somebody like Facebook that just continues to um, marry third-party data without user consent. And um, that's really what this is about. So Zuckerberg is going over now to talk to uh, the, the minister and and try and come up with some way that they can still kind of do this without people knowing about it, or maybe like there's going to be a button that people click without realizing they've clicked it or something. And I mean, cause that's what Facebook always does because if they don't have a way to continue to use people's data that they're not collecting on their own, then they don't really have a business anymore. Um, so that's, that's really what this is all about. And, um, a lot of people, myself included, I have a company called TWIP where our entire business model is to help people to gather first-party data on their clients because you can't get this data anymore. You can't legally grab third-party data and marry it up. But Facebook is big enough to not care. So, I think that was a fantastic synopsis of their problem. <laughs> so what, what you're fundamentally saying, their business model is um, in Europe um, illegal, basically. It's legal in America, too. <laughs> so we've got the, like, an enormous company, and their whole business model is fundamentally illegal. Is that what you're well, saying? Yeah, well, the thing is, they're actually trying to change the law in California. Um, so there's, there's a new law in California that they're trying to get passed that will... Um, allow people to opt in. It's like reverse GDPR. So um, what they're trying to do is to get people to say, I want you to, to use my third-party data and you can pay me money for that. So, um, so like the opposite of the EU version, which is like, no, you can't have any of my data and every 90 days you have to take me off your list unless you can trick me into opting back in. In, in California specifically, not in the rest of the U.S., but in California, it's like, oh, you can keep me on your list indefinitely as long as you continually pay me money for it. So it's before, like... Before I, move, before I move it on to one of the other panelists, is there, 
is it fundamental? Is there anything fundamentally wrong in what Facebook is doing, or is it, or is it they just push the limits to such an extent that's got them into a lot of trouble? As a CTO and somebody that like, like I mean, my my specialty is um, user experiences and like using AI to create the best user experience. So I absolutely. Um, like from a scientific, like science perspective, I love what Facebook is doing. From a legal perspective, like what they are doing is wrong because it is not, the, the law says they cannot do it right now. So like from a business perspective, what they're doing is wrong because the law doesn't exist right now. So what they're doing in California to try and get the law changed is exactly what they should do. And him going over there to try and get the law changed in Europe is what they should be doing. So they shouldn't be doing it right now in public. They should only be doing this as like a closed beta to prove the model that it works. And then they should release it to the public once, once the laws change. So that's like from a business perspective, what they should be doing. So like, that's why like Google with their labs and like we're running things out and like Amazon with open sourcing things like in, in a lab environment until the laws work in their favor. That's the like, even though like they're doing the same things, and people always use the argument like Google and Amazon are doing the same things. No, they're not. They're working with the governments to make sure that it's allowed on a massive scale. So Facebook kind of does it in the background <laughs> without people knowing they're doing it. Whereas Google and Amazon work with people until like it's they, they open source these things until they're allowed to do it on a massive scale. So what do you think, John? What did you think of this article? So this is happening at the same time that they're appealing the German decision, uh, which is really similar about combining uh, the, the data. Um, man, I really wish it's, there would come a social network where everybody uh, can flock because I remember... Uh, you know, the same thing happened with Friendster and MySpace. Once everybody that you know kind of jumps over to the new social network, the old one dies. And I, I'm really hoping that that happens to Facebook someday because it, it is. It's not, it's not a good platform. Um, I, I really think it's peaked out. Um, they, they have legal troubles. But the thing is, is can they compel uh, Zuckerberg and uh, Facebook to comply with this? And as Heather stated, I think uh, it really comes down to uh, once they get fined by a, uh, you know, government, then they might actually change. But until that happens, they're probably just going to keep going renegade. Well, they got to really, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and what you said, um, I, I understand what you're saying there, John, but the problem is um, all these social networks, you know, it, I think the basic problem is the business model. The business model is it's it's free, but nothing is yeah. free. Uh, um, so they, they 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 tried to pay social. Well, they tried like what um, app dot com, Ello, um, Mastodon. None of them really like take off the way where there's like Facebook and and kind of now Instagram, which Facebook owns. So it's the same thing. Um, and WhatsApp, like there's people that didn't know up until recently that that it, that, that happened a long time ago. You know, I don't know. So, Marie, um, uh, do you think that you know? 
I also think it's also company culture is a bit of a problem. Um, Facebook, um, you know, they had, they had, they got a powerful female CEO, um, but um, they also seem to have a kind of gangster culture. <laughs> um, what do you think? I don't know. I know a few people who work at Facebook. Also, I know the head of growth, I guess, um, who who is who's in the in the in the uh, in the document we were discussing actually. But um, I, I think they have like internally. It's really fun to work there. I guess they have a lot of fun and they do lots of cutting edge things. Only I have like, I have ethical problems with the way they, they advertise. I think that's not serving any, anyone any good. So it's, I don't like the, the, the platform that much. And I think in the Netherlands, it's, it's, it's getting much and much less structure. So I used to be on Facebook all the time, but it's it's getting dead. People don't post pictures of their their families anymore on Facebook. They do that on Instagram, which is the same company, I guess. But it, I think John, it will die eventually. I really think so, because I don't see people. It's it's gone way down. And we at Adjust, we used to get like a lot of traffic from Facebook, and it's all the way down. It's oh, not that's, happening anymore. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually, it's interesting as you mentioned that, um, but because the actual figures go a bit against that, you know, a lot of that growth is through Instagram and some other and, and other countries. So I think, but they, but they are actually decreasing in Europe. I don't know about the United States. I should I should check those numbers. Yeah, I need to check they it. They are decreasing. But uh, on the other hand, um, I have very mixed feelings about it. I, I think it's a cultural thing, and they really pushed it to get to maximise profit. Yeah. Um, but I think um, if another platform really took off and it was free and it was based on advertising income, um, I think you'd just end up in the same area um, because they they would be induced to pursue the very similar policies to what Facebook does. But it's just that, but I think it's also a cultural element as well, is that I think Facebook has really pushed it and pushed it and then pushed it some more. Um, And I think that's probably linked to the higher management of Facebook, basically. That's my little bit. Probably take you on, but there we go. Um, on to a, a next story and a bit of a sad one. Alex Mills ends his battle with leukemia. Alex is still alive, hopefully. Uh, um, um, is, a, is famous for some of his plugins, um, and he's had a long-term battle with leukemia, and there's no purpose of any having further treatment. What did you think of this one, John? I think it's always sad when a member of the community dies uh, prematurely and, and cancer sucks. Um, you know, I, I've had people in my life die prematurely and, and it, it definitely sucks. Um, you know, there's not much more to say. I mean, yeah, it, I thought I would put you know. it into honor him. Um, you know, it's a bit yeah. strange cause he's still alive, but, uh, um, um, 
you know, but he uh, contributed a lot of plugins and quite a few of them I've used. Have you, you've used a few of his? I've used a few of his. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know him personally. There's so many people in the WordPress community that I don't know, you know, personally, I just know who I know. Um, But, but, you know, he's a a person that seems, uh, you know, like he, he, he has a lot of respect and, and a lot of people love him. Um, And, you know, I, I, I would just say, you know, um, maybe there's something the community can do for his family, you know, so yeah. that might be good. I think we go on to the next story, but I wanted to mention Alex because he's been a great contributor. Um, this goes to number four. Uh, makes, make no mistake, Samsung Galaxy holds folds is a big deal what did you think of this one heather do you think it's a big deal well i do know that apple is losing a lot of market share on uh, their phones and um yeah i mean they've been trying apple's been trying everything they can to catch up with um with pretty much everyone else um i as i said i do a lot of traveling overseas and um pretty much everyone has been using Samsung and Huawei phones. We don't see a lot of Huawei in the United States because they're not allowed to sell them here. Oh, and, and it doesn't um, help, it doesn't help uh, uh, trying to have their, one, their leading member of their management extra diet, does it? No. Um, so, uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't know if, I mean, people have been promising like a folding phone um, for a while. Honestly, at the price point, I don't think it's, it's going to be because it's a $2,000 phone and it's kind of a novelty. Like the idea is that uh, it can turn into a tablet, but you could have, uh, I mean, you, you could have an iPad for two ninety nine and a phone for two ninety nine, and it'll still be cheaper and smaller in your purse or your briefcase than, than this folding phone. Um, so I think it's a novelty. I don't think it's going to do well. And the Samsung, I mean, Anyone that has a Samsung Galaxy um, or the Samsung Note or any of those knows that the worst thing that could possibly happen is you crack the screen. Um, has any, anyone have one of those? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Apple freak. So yeah. Well, there's no, there's no hope for me here. But. Yeah. Because one, you can't get a really good phone prote- screen protector for those. Um, and uh, the, you, can't, you can't put them in a case. So if you have one of those folding screen ones, like I would be afraid to drop it because you've got a $2,000 thing that you can't protect. And the second you drop it, um, like you have to replace it. And the Samsung ones are probably about, I mean, I would guess it's about $1,000 to $1,500 to replace that screen. That might so, make you die, would it? Drop yeah. it out, would it? So, um, yeah, I, I, not only is it out of the price point, it is unrealistic to expect anyone really to buy that as more than a novelty. However, Samsung is known to release things like the Samsung Gear VR um, that you could only use if you had a Samsung Gear. Um, so they only sold a thousand of them and they were happy with that. So they, they like to release things just for PR. Yeah, just to upset Apple, I think, isn't it? Just to put yeah. the knife in a bit yeah. more, you know. So, Marie, what do you reckon? You know, you've got all these different devices and you've got voice. Um, do you really see that change in the landscape of um, SEO in the next couple of years dramatically? 
Ooh, <clears throat> well, everybody thinks so, but I'm uh, I'm skeptical in the whole, whole voice thing. But that doesn't really matter because if Google is going in the direction of voice, then SEO changes because of that. But I'm um, I'm a bit old-fashioned, so I have a husband who tries to put all devices on our Google Home and does the lighting and, and the curtains and everything. And all my children are, are constantly turning off and on lights because it's fun with Google. But I just press the button. Yeah, I, I like pressing buttons. I don't know. We have to wait and see. It, it changes everything if voice becomes a real thing. And it's hard in the Netherlands because... Um, well, they don't speak Dutch ever. They can't understand. It's really hard. So it's only in the English language where, where voice is getting really good. And for small language like Dutch, it's... So, so usually if I talk Dutch to my Google Home, he, he thinks I'm talking English and the other way around as well. So it's not, it's not that good yet. Because it's so I close. Sorry? Because it's so close. Because du- every time I'm in the Netherlands, I'm like, oh, it's almost English. <laughs> <laughs> There are a lot of words that are the same. Yeah, but, but the, the sentence is totally different and the grammar is totally different. And well, the, the word order in English is rather strict. We can do everything. So it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think you made a good point because um, the, a lot of these voice dictation and um, these devices, they can't handle my accent. I've, I've got a strong North London accent and it, it, it cannot cope. <laughs> <laughs> it cannot cope with it at all. I might as well be, t- I'm not trying to be funny, I might as well be talking Dutch. Uh, so, what do you reckon, John? Yeah, I think it's interesting that they're releasing this at uh, a high price point. I, it's, it's really funny because if you look at, at things, Android uh, has a bigger market share than Apple. And Samsung seems to you know, come out with a lot of the things that Apple does before Apple does, but Apple gets a lot of the credit. I think a lot of that has to do with the perception of the brand, like Apple is being an innovator. It's perceived as that. If Samsung is trying to position itself as more of a luxury brand, which which Apple low-key is uh, a bit of a a luxury brand, uh, that might be a good thing for them, but it's going to take a lot of time to execute on that. So having innovation... um, and plus positioning themselves differently might do good for them. So, but it's going to take a long time to, to change how people perceive them in the market as just another, you know, cool device or just another gimmick. So. Well, it's hard to tell what's a gimmick and what will, as you lower the price a bit, become <laughs> a bit more mainstream. You know, if everybody could make that judgment call, everybody would be a millionaire plus, wouldn't they? Um, so I think we wrap that. Marie, um, so, you know, you've become the CEO of Yoast. Um, where do you, you know, you and your husband have built out up a fantastic business. Where, where, where do you want to take it? Where, you know, what's the, what's the plan in the next year, 18 months for um, Yoast? So last year, and I think even the year before, we were so busy with Gutenberg. So a lot of our developers actually helped in the Gutenberg project and we had to make our our plugin Gutenberg ready. So this year we're back on our own track and we have some, uh, we're really um, um, looking into building more Gutenberg. So that's still Gutenberg, but making it easier for people to uh, add schema to their website. So that's a thing. 
Um, we're working together with both Bing and Google to make live indexing possible. So if you change anything on your website and you use your SEO, this will, it will automatically be indexed uh, uh, by Google and Bing. Some people use Bing. And um, um, yeah, we'll have another few, few nice features working on the internal linking tool, making sure our uh, languages are up to date, so we're working on more and more languages in our um, well, in our readability analysis and in our internal linking tool, making sure we can all get them. We have a lot of linguists, so that's I think that's about it. We have a lot of things on stack, and we are also working on on making more online courses. So that will be all right. Sounds, sounds like a busy year or like yes. three years. I yeah. think that's only like three years of work, actually. Uh, um, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, John, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Oh, you're still you're, you're muted, John. Hold on. You can find me at my website, which is lockdownseo.com. Uh, and also go on YouTube uh, and search hashtag Lockdown SEO. Uh, I'm trying to put out videos every day with just some SEO tips for, you know, people on uh, running regular businesses. Um, so check it out. Go to the channel. It's got great advice. Heather, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Heather? Uh, you can find me um, on pretty much every social channel at Heatheriel, H-E-A-T-H-R-I-E-L. Um, also, I'm doing uh, a conference next year in Antarctica um, oh. called Antarcticonf. We're looking for sponsors. Yoast would be an amazing one. Um, <clears throat> so Antarcticonf.com. Uh, remember this extra C in Antarctica? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we just, uh, we just are about to announce our speakers. We have some 30 amazing speakers that are going to be there. Um, it's on a cruise ship that goes from South America round trip to the Antarctic Peninsula. So it's going to be pretty amazing. We're, uh, we're excited about that. And um, yeah, so hit me up on any social channel uh, at Headreal. So. Yeah, I, I spent a little little bit of time in the Falkland Islands. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's I did. Yeah, I didn't, really, I didn't really want to be there, but I was waiting <laughs> to go there. Uh, um, I had a great time with the with the penguins yes. and, the, and the wind. Uh, I'm going to shut up now because I've enjoyed a great picture of the trip. No, no, I, no, that's, so we have to go through the Drake Passage and then we'll be sailing past Antarctica for four days and that's when the conference is going to take place as we're sailing past the Antarctic. I hope you get nice weather, Heather. Oh, well, right, right. The, the, technically <laughs> in summer. So it'll be nice 60 degree weather in Antarctica. We'll see the glaciers. <laughs> Be great. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to work out fine. Heather. Yeah. Oh, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just English. Heather knew she's been on the show before. She knew what she's getting into. Um, <laughs> right, uh, um, Marie. Um, how can people find out more about you and the company in general? Well, uh, you can check out our website, yoast.com. I have my own personal blog. I've started since I became CEO, so I don't have a lot of posts yet, but I'm planning to do more about company culture and about leadership. Uh, my blog is marika.blog, but you can just Google me. I'm well optimized. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, well, thanks, panel. It's been a great show. I think we've covered some serious stuff, but um, um, I think it's been great great discussion um viewers and listeners we'll see you next week when we have another great 
panel where we'll be talking about WordPress and tech in general and the most interesting stories that I've found during the week. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.